Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Praise God, praise God. Uh, I woke up this morning with that scripture on my mind that Josh was saying, the beginning of of, um, wisdom is the fear of the Lord, and it had nothing to do with my sermon, but it just kept going over and over and over in my spirit. Um, You know, that was a word from the Lord today, and if you didn't catch it, I'm going to give you one more chance, because I believe that's a prophetic word, and I, the way Josh explained that was different than I'd ever saw, and it, it, it like gave me new understanding, and I saw it in a new way. Get this, here's how I heard that. When we see the awesomeness of God, when we see how great he is, when we see how awesome he is, when we see how big he is, when we see how powerful he is, that's the beginning of wisdom. That's the beginning of breakthrough. That's the beginning of change. How many know when we see God great, that's the beginning of change? When we see God great and high and lifted up, that's the beginning of wisdom and knowledge that leads us to that breakthrough we're looking for. Amen? So the beginning of wisdom is seeing how amazing God is. Let me tell you another story how amazing God is. Stand up, Gail. Gail has been taking, and guys, this is this is documented. In fact, there's another thing I said, as soon as you get the doctor's report, tell me, because we don't want to stand up here and say things, and we want it to be truth. We want it to be truth and not just something emotional or whatever. But she has been taking aspirins daily, several times a day since she was 11. As of February the 2nd, after coming off the fast and starting our year out with God first living, and, 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 and you guys remember how we started off the year. She has not taken one aspirin since February the 2nd. Not one. Not one aspirin. That's amazing. That's an amazing, amazing, amazing story. Praise the Lord. Um, hey, we're continuing our series. If you have an insert, um, I apologize. I've had a lot of company and a lot of things going on. That insert, you're going to have to really be uh, agile and alert because it really isn't real close to what I'm planning on preaching today. <laughs> so um, we were like, hey, should we throw them out or, or, or whatever? So um, what, I'll tell you what I'm feeling today. We've been going through this, spirit, this series about, um, uh, about how we're getting spiritual formation in our, in our life, and we'll talk about what that is in just a minute. But we're going to kind of start putting it together today to where I'm going to give some testimonies. It's already coming back from you, the people, of, of how you've been practicing what we've been preaching, and we're already starting to get testimonies of change in people's life. But, so I, I'm, I'm going to kind of put it together for about 15 minutes, I think. To where you're like, oh, I see, how, I see what we're trying to do here. I want to try to put it together. And then we're going to talk about community today, which is another piece of spiritual formation. And buckle your seatbelts because we're going to fly through there. So if you want scriptures and stuff, um, I've even got more scriptures since I've been studying that. So be ready. How many is ready to fly today? Amen? <laughs> be ready on that community because because one reason we do inserts is I love it when people say they go home and they they continue studying and they continue praying and they continue uh, you know the scripture says they continued in the apostles teaching so so when you take that home you're continuing in the teaching that you're hearing at church and I think that's really important Jeremy would you stand up and just pray for me in the service today Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, we're all becoming someone over a period of time. We're all being formed into someone or something. Who or what you're becoming like. If you could plot your trajectory in 20 years of who or what, who are you wanting to become like, or what are you wanting to do with your life, or what does your life want to look like in 20 years? If you were to place that trajectory, what would that be like? If I said that, I would say this, I want to be grown into a person that's like Jesus. I want to be grown into, we said three things for that to happen. We want to be a person who knows what it's like to be with Jesus. 
We want to be a person that's becoming like Jesus, and we want to be a person that is doing what Jesus would do. I want to grow into a person that's free from anxiety. How many like that? Free from stress. Free from worry. How many know Jesus is free from those things? Becoming like Christ is being free. It's being free from an an unhurried lifestyle and unstressed. Someone that has power over evil, power over habits, things that's been kicking your tail for years and years and years. You're able to walk in the victory because Jesus is free. Jesus is a free man. Uh, Someone that knows what it's like to be able to have true love and kindness towards people and not walk around with bitterness and and hate and things in your heart from the past. We want to be free like Jesus. We want to be healed like Jesus. We want to do the things that Jesus did. I want to be a person that knows the Sermon on the Mount frontwards and backwards where we say things like this. Of course I love my enemies. What else would I do? Blow them up? Of course I simply love to be a radical giver. What am I supposed to do? Keep it all to myself and be selfish with that? Of course I live free from anxiety and worry. Of course I want to forgive. Doesn't Jesus forgive? There's a quote on the screen that some of you ask if it could be put up by Dallas Willard last week. It says this. It says, spiritual formation in the Christian tradition It's a process of increasingly being possessed and permeated by the character traits of Jesus. I want to say that again. It's being possessed and permeated by the character traits of Jesus. As we walk in the easy yoke, what's yoke? Say it loud, what's yoke? We know, we learned that yoke is teaching. When Jesus says, take my yoke upon me, for my yoke is easy and my, my, my burden is light. Yoke are the teachings of you. Take my, my easy yoke of discipleship from, with Jesus, our teacher. And then we talked about, if they'll put the screen up, of unintentional spiritual formation. On unintentional spiritual formations, we're being formed unintentionally by the things we believe, by what we were taught at school, by what our parents told us, by what our grandparents told us. By, by we, we're, The stories we believe have formed our opinions, our mindsets, and our thinking. And remember, Jesus dealt with that when, in, in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, it's been said unto you, blah, 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 blah. But I say unto you, how many went into Matthew 5, 6, and 7 this week and saw how many times that Jesus said through teaching, you've heard it said, or you were taught by Professor Dum-Dum this, and your parents told you this, but I say unto you, there has to be a change from the stories we believe uh, and then the relationships. How many know that the people you rub with, if you're not strong, you're going to be like them? So if you're weak, you're going to become like the other relationships in your life. How many have habits in your life? Habits in your life, a lot of habits aren't good habits. How you react to stress, how you react when when things are thrown at you, you might blow up, you might be in a habit or a trail or a way where you're doing that. So that's that's unintentional formation. uh, But then we talked about intentional spiritual formation, and this is what we're after. This is what we're after. How many want to intentionally be formed into the image of Christ? How many want to have some say-so in what you're being formed into? And brothers and sisters, hold that Bible, the Word of God. Instead of stories we believe, how many know it's teachings that Jesus taught? The teachings that Jesus taught. The practices that Jesus taught. The Sermon on the Mount. The becoming like Jesus. The doing what Jesus did. All those things are the teachings of Christ that we replaced with what we believed. Okay? But then we move in, instead of habits, we move into practices. There's a big difference between habits and practices. Practices are when you hear a teaching that you know is good and you know is right, but you want to implement that in your life. And you want to begin practicing that practice because you have a heart to do that so that you can become more like Jesus. And then the piece we're going to talk about today is community. And then also after community, we're going to hit that this week. And we're actually going to hit community next week. To me, there's two ways we have to look at community. We have to look at community in the large group setting. Like today, today we are in a large group community setting. A large group community setting, the temple setting... Is very important and it's very needful and it's something that we're not to forsake and it's something that we are to do. But it is very different from the small group community that Christ wants us to have. So, so this week I'm going to talk about community in the small group 
community mentality. And next week, when we do the big reveal at the church, and we, and we, and we, and we talk about here's what, who we are as a church, here's where we're going as a church, here's what we accomplished last year, here's what we're doing next year, here's what we can do as the body of Christ, your kingdom come, your will be done. We're going to hear about that next week, what happens when we all come together as one in the big celebration. But today, um, with that teaching, today with that teaching, teaching represents the things that we have just done and the things that we have just accepted or, or the stories that we've heard. Well, what we have to do when we want spiritual formation is we have to replace that with the teachings of Christ. Again, it's been said unto you, uh, some of you may have heard, hey, if somebody gets in your face, get back in their face. Is that the teaching of Jesus? If somebody does you wrong, uh, um, um, you need to do them wrong and give them what they deserve. Is that the teaching of Jesus? So we have to rewire and reprogram our minds and our spirits to do what God calls us to do. You know what? I think this is extraordinary. When I think about the heart, and to me the heart is amazing, and then you think about blood and the amazingness of, of the blood inside of our bodies, I mean, there has to be a, a there, there has to be intentional and uh, creativity. It has to be intelligent. Somebody did that, and we know it's God, amen? Uh, but, but then the mind. The mind is something that's like a new frontier that's, that's undiscovered. They still don't know much about the mind. I think it's interesting how Paul, if, our, if the mind and the brain is so powerful and it's things that even our educators, they don't know much about. And even the doctors and, and the people who study it, they don't even know much about it. It's, it's, it's complex. Wouldn't God say something about it in his word if it was that? It's almost like a tool that's so powerful, if you don't know how to use it, it can hurt you. It, it can do damage. Paul was like... Paul talked about the mind and thoughts all the time. If you root through the New Testament with that in mind, you will see Paul gave us insight about the mind and about thoughts. He talked about don't be transferred, transformed to this world. But don't be like this world, but be transformed from this world. Am I saying that right? So that we become like Jesus and do what he's wanting to do. Are you all with me today? Don't be, uh, how's that say? Don't be conformed, that's the word. Don't be conformed to this world and its way of thinking, but be transformed with a new way of thinking. How many know when you came to Jesus that there's a new teaching? There's a new kingdom. That's what it means when Jesus said he came preaching the kingdom of God. It meant that he came with a new order, a new thought press, a new thought process, a new way of doing things. And when you say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done, what you're saying is the way it is in heaven, come and take over the way it's been on my earth and in my world. Your kingdom come, your will be done through the teachings and the practices of Jesus Christ. All right? That's powerful. So as we see this, put that diagram back up on intentional, on intentional um, spiritual formation. So what happens is we have teaching. Teaching is the reprogramming, the, the rewiring. And I told you I did some study on, on neuroplasticity. And, and on that study, I, I study like 10 things that they're learning about that. It said that neurons that are wired together, they fire together. You know how Paul says that? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing or the rewiring, the rewiring of your mind. Some of you need to rewire your mind because you are still a slave to sin, to guilt, to condemnation. The stories that you believe about yourself and the image and the identity that you have about yourself is contrary to the image and the idealism and, and the way that God sees us. And so we walk around and we stay in our habitual cycle uh, of fear and guilt and condemnation. We stay in that habitual cycle around the same relationship and the environment we're in, we're in never changes us. And we just stay stuck wanting to be changed. Some of you don't realize you are not a slave. You're a child. So what do you do with that? What do you do with that, pastor? You got to renew your mind with teaching. When the devil kept, the devil, I've been a Christian for 30-some years. 
I feel like I've just been free in the last four. So when you're when you you've got to get into teaching that teach you about the love of God. You got to get into teaching that you aren't slaves, that you're children. I got in Galatians a lot. I got in First John chapter First uh, John chapter four and five a lot, and I started renewing my mind. I I, I say Second Corinthians one thirty every day. Christ has made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And then I get a big smile on my face and I say, Brian, you are wise, you are righteous, you are holy. The Bible says that, 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 that Adonai Makedesh, or the sanctifier, and the ones that he makes holy, does that mean we're holy? We have the same what? Father? I'm no longer a slave. I have a heavenly Father that loves me. You know what? Some of you, Galatians talks about, uh, about how, how some of you are living as slaves when you're children. And, and you know what the scripture says on that? That is like having a Lamborghini or a Tesla. Tesla, is, am I saying that right? Tesla, Tesla. Those cars are cool. I want one of those. GM says there's going to be seven electric cars by 2025. They're cool. All right, how many be glad not to have to pay gas anymore? All right, but do you know that you have a Tesla? Am I saying that Tesla? Tesla? Tesla in your garage, and you're still driving the beat up Honda. Some of us are still living as slaves, and 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 P, uh, Paul was trying to tell him, "You're children." So so I tell myself, I tell myself, I renew my mind. I say, "You are stinking smart, Brian." And then I tell myself that the God of our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, gives unto Brian the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. That my eyes are enlightened that I do know the hope of his calling and what the inheritance is in the saints. And I do know the exceeding greatness of his power that is given to me according to the me that's supposed to be a worker of his mighty power. I do know that Mark 16 20 says that when I get up here and preach that the Lord is standing right here with me preaching and teaching the word of God to the congregation and that after this and while we're preaching that he will confirm his word with signs and wonders following. I, I know that teaching. I practice I practice that teaching. You take the teachings of God that you know. Um, write this down. I want to throw this in. What we love in our heart has far greater influence on what we do than what we know in our head. It's on the board. It's on the board. What we love in our heart, John Mark Comer said that. What we love in our heart has a far greater influence on what we do than what we know in our head. So what has to happen? What has to happen is we have to get teaching in our head. And then teaching in our head, remember last week we said that's like the man who, people that, that hear Jesus' teaching and do them are like a man that his life is on the rock. And when the storms come and when the troubles come and the persecutions and the stress of life and all that comes, when the storms hit that person, his house stands. Why? Because he's founded upon the teachings of Christ. In his marriage, with his children, in his business, in his personal life, he's founded as a person. And then, and then it says, but whoever hears these teachings, brothers and sisters, there is not a lack of knowledge in the church of Jesus Christ. There are more books, there are more podcasts, there's more teaching available than ever before. The problem is not knowledge. The problem, I don't even think the problem's believing it. I think we even believe it. I think we know it, and I think we believe it. But the problem is, is, is what we love in our heart has a far greater influence on what we do than what we simply know in our head. Practice gets to the heart. You know, you know, he said when the, the, the person that's not, that hears these teachings and, 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 he's, and he hears them and he knows them, but he does not do them. NIV says he doesn't practice them. What does it say about that man? It says when those storms come and they hit his house, that house will come crashing down. And remember last week, Jesus just left. 
He said that walked off the stage after a huge sermon. Because he left it in your court. Are you going to be a hearer of the word only? Or are we going to be doers of the word? Are we going to know the word? Believe the word? But brothers and sisters, that's why practice. 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 Wash on. Wash off. Wash on. Brian, you are righteous. Wax off. Wax on. Brian, you are wise. Wax off. You're not stupid anymore. Wax on. Brian, you are holy. Wax off. The Lord set you free from your past. Wax on. Wax off. Wax on. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all of his ways and he will direct your path. Wax on. Wax on. I knew you were when you were in your mother's womb and I have plans for you. I have plans for you. I can trust God with my future. I can trust him for tomorrow. I can trust him for next week. I can trust him for wherever I'm at. If I don't like where I'm at, I can trust him where I'm at. Because the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He takes care of me. Nothing hits me. Nothing takes me down. Because God is with me. God is with me. Wax off that stinking thinking. Wax off that fear. Wax off your image of a little bitty God. Wax off your image of of an ugly, awful, stupid person that should pay the rest of your life for stupidness you've done. Wax that off. And wax on what God says about you. Wax off that area in your marriage that's tearing you apart. Wax off that stuff. Wax on. The teachings of Christ, practice them. Practice them. I've had some people say, I don't like it when you say that. I don't care. (laughs) I think the pulpit has been too long of, of everybody come in and the pastor sets his little thing down and he gives the teaching and we highlight the Bible verse and we write notes. Oh, the Lord said this. Oh, thank you, Lord. And, oh, I'm so inspired today. And, oh, I've heard this great teaching. I have my insert. And I'm filling it all out. We don't do a dogged thing with it. I think our churches need to, to, need to you have the preaching and the teaching. That's never going to change. But I think instead of a lecture hall, it needs to turn into a dojo. Practice. We need the houses of God to be a place of practice. I'll tell you, Tara tearing it up on that piano. Well, that's a tongue tire. You know what's a tongue tire? It's Tara tearing it up on that piano. <laughs> Tara tearing it up on that piano was because she was practicing when all the kids were messing around. Practice, practice. Oh, you're getting into works, Pastor Brian. Hey, trust me, I'm a person that watches out hard for that because I was performance-oriented, and you have to be balanced in that. But by golly, you need to do something. I loved it when Pastor Alma, when she preached the other day, when Jesus uh, came out of the, or took Lazarus out of the tomb. She preached, do you know the first thing he said? Move the stone. Jesus could have went like this, and that stone moved. But he told the disciples to move the stone. And then as Alma so beautifully preached the word the other day, she said that he come wiggling out. And the disciples, Jesus said, remove the grave clothes. Jesus could have done that too. How many know it's a partnership? It's a partnership. Bottom line is what you love is what, you got, is what you're going to do. In your spiritual formation, you can't, you've got to get where teaching moves into practice. But to me, practice deals with the heart. To me, practice deals with the, the want to. Remember last week I told you I was not the gifted athlete as a trackster. But I ran with heart. I ran with heart. And you know what? When I hear, my heart is passionate for God. 
and the things of the Lord. And that passion drives me. That passion drives me. Do you know the scripture says in 2 Kings, I think it's chapter 9, it says, nothing is like the driving of Jehu, for he drives furiously for the Lord. That's King James Version. Nothing is like the driving of Jehu. That man is driven furiously for the Lord. I believe the proof of desire is in the pursuit. I believe that we've got to press in and push through and move strong. Jehu was the guy that got rid of Jezebel and got rid of all the ugly temples. What that represents today is all the temples in your life that are erected, that glorify evil and sin and wrong. All the temples. Israel had erected all these temples. All of these temples. Ahab and Jezebel. They had erected all these temples, the houses of worship, that were not the worship of the one true God. It was Baal that they worshipped. Many of us have temples that are erected in our lives you may say you don't worship in india where there's a buddha temple or a hindu temple or something like that we see them here in the united states but many people have the erection of a temple in their heart that is evil and the bible says that when we come to jesus that we when we come to jesus it says that we are translated That we are taken out of this present world. That we are taken out. When we come to Jesus, you're taken out of this present world. And you're transformed into the kingdom of light. That's what the word of God says. That's a scripture. And then another scripture says that as Christ was made to set with God in heavenly places. In Ephesians chapter 2, the scripture says that God has made you set with him in heavenly places. So what that means is you're pulled, when you become a Christian, you're pulled out of this evil world and you're translated into the kingdom of God and you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's what that means. Jehu drove furious from the Lord. He tore down the devil's strongholds. What stronghold needs to be tore down in your marriage? What stronghold needs to be tore down in your life? What are you bowing down to? What are you fleshly giving into? What, what, what desire, what lust, what, what, what thing that's holding you back, what unforgiveness, what bitterness, what is holding you back? What are you bowing? What, is you, what are you breaking your knee to other than God? When you hear teaching and it gets in your heart where you pursue that teaching with passion and you drive furiously, you won't be held back. You're the woman with the issue of blood where there's thousands of people pressed in on Jesus. But this woman said, I'm reaching through and I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. And she was healed. And let me tell you, the person that does that, Jesus knows them. The person that pursues Christ with everything, he knows you. Jesus can sift through the wheat and the tares. Hey, you come into church, wheat and tares looks the same. And everybody has the smiley face and bless God, everything's good. They're getting hammered outside of here. And you never know it. They're getting hammered. But Jesus can separate the wheat from the tares when man can't. And we can't see. He knows when your heart is for him. He knows when you're pursuing him. He is a jealous God, and he will not share you with anyone. He knows when your heart is divided from your job, from money, and from him. He knows when your heart longs and lusts for the desires and the things of this world instead of him. He's a jealous God, and he wants all of you, and he knows when you're not. But the person that hears teaching and says, I'm going to practice it, not just know it and believe it. I'm going to practice it, is the woman who reaches through the crowd and touches Jesus. And he says, who touched me? Why? Because I felt power leave me. That's the Holy Spirit peace in two weeks. The Holy Spirit is the peace that puts this whole 
diagram together. I can't wait to preach on that. But we need to get this other stuff first. All right, teaching. I'm starting to get feedback from people here at the church, okay? I've had a bunch of testimonies this week. Let me give you a couple. One person said, there is an addiction in my life. Here, they're here today. I'm going to make it where you don't know who it is. I have an addiction in my life. And while you was preaching last week, I know the teachings of God, and I believe the teachings of God, but I am bound in addiction. And you said, Pastor Brian, if you're bound in addiction, you should practice. Remember, our teachings are with Jesus, becoming like Jesus and doing what he does. Being with, okay, my, I, I gave a prescription. Here's the doctors. If you have addiction, if you have addiction, I don't care if it's pornography. I don't, care if it's, I don't care if it's alcoholism. I don't care if it's drug. I don't care if it's legal drugs, illegal drugs. I don't care if it's anger. I don't care what, whatever it is. Prescription, fast. Fast. Fasting. Fasting breaks the back of the flesh. Your flesh is out of control. You cannot control your flesh. Well, the way you, Jesus said that you control your flesh is you kill it. You kill it. And as you kill it, and your body's going, oh, I'm so hungry. I wish I had a hamburger and french fries. No! Oh, I want a milkshake and buttered popcorn at night. I'm just having the munchies. No! Oh, I'm just, no! And what happens? Oh, I want to just look at that girl when she bends over. No! Oh, I just want to go on the internet. I'm so tired today and it just gives me release. No! Oh, I want to be angry at work and stay bitter at people. No! Flesh. No. And man, there's so many teachings on Christ. But with the addiction, this person said, man, I heard that. I'm going to start fasting this week. I'm going to start, pre- I'm going to start practicing. the. Wor- I'm going to start, I'm going to the dojo. I'm going to practice that. I'm going to renew my mind. Like that person needs to be in Galatians where you are not a slave, you're a child. I mean, you need to know everything you can about Jesus is your righteousness. You need to know everything you can about Jesus is your love. You need to know Philippians chapter 2 that says uh, um, that, that, that it's God that gives us both the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Can we set ourselves free? How are you doing with that? We're, that? A lot of that's Holy Spirit. Okay, we're going to get on that. So you have teaching, then you have practice. So this person heard it, and there's teaching. They're doing the practice now. Community. Community. This person sought Carmen out and called her, but it wasn't easy. We need weekly community. If you want to walk in biblical, if we want to walk in the freedom and the transformation of the Lord and, and walk in freedom of the Lord, I believe it's this. I believe it's teaching. I believe it's practicing. And then I believe it is getting your body in a small group outside of Sunday morning. Amen. Whether it's men on Wednesday night, whether it's men on Thursday night. And get this. I told Carmen on the way to church, man, I don't like preaching that because we don't have very many small groups. You know what the Holy Spirit told me? You're going to at the end of March because I'm going to stand up here after preaching on this and see if you guys believe what I'm preaching. I'm going to say, I love organic where we say, who's going to, who, who would open up your home? Do you know, well, I'm going to get on that in just a second. But in, anyway, the, the teaching, the practice, what that individual needs now is the community piece. And that's what's in your insert, if we don't even get to it, which we're not going to get to because I'm out of time right now. That's what's in your insert. All the things that community can do for you. Okay? Man, I was going to give another example of an incredible family, Rue Dances and Jason. And I I am going to do this. I, I felt the Lord say, take this series slow. I just want to be fluid, fluid and liquid for the Lord. But it's, what good is it to do a series if we don't know what in the world we just heard? And we, aren't, and we don't change as a church from it. 
Okay. Um, Jay and Karen Rude answer, where's Jason at? Jason D. back there. Jason has been born with stuff where he's had to fight sickness his whole life. Diseases and different things that hit his body. He's got to go in next week and have some surgery where he might lose his eyesight. He doesn't see well right now. In fact, when you walk up, you, you, he has to be led. He doesn't work at his job anymore because he fell over a pallet because he can't see anymore. And, and that's hitting. And then Grandpa, how many of us know who Grandpa is from Church on the Rock? Grandpa went to be with the Lord. How many say that's hard when mom or dad goes to be with the Lord? Anybody out there? Even when you know they're with the Lord. Damaris, Damaris lost her, her job last week. Who has that insurance that Jason needs? Um, boom. 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 Karen, I'm sure there's more. <laughs> I'm sure there's more. There, Grandma. Grandma had a stroke. Was in the hospital. Now she's in a rehabilitation, which we're going to try to see her today. She's in a rehabilitation place. And just one thing after another. One thing after another. And we were talking about this in our small group. Coffee and chat with Pastor Brian on Thursday. It's once a month. We were talking about that. And I love this word the best. How, when you're squeezed, what comes out? Does anger and bitterness and angry at God and I'm not going to church anymore and he's let me down and da 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 da. Is that what happens when you're squeezed? You'll come crashing down. You're a house built on the sand. Not to, not to say you don't have emotions. But aren't you glad that our emotions don't speak about our true heart? Anybody out there say amen? amen. Aren't you glad our emotions that, and the things we spout off and the things we do out of reaction? Aren't you glad that that isn't your heart? And aren't you glad that God knows your heart? He told me that one this week. Not to say, oh, it hurts. I'm missing. Why is all this happening? I'm cool with that. As long as when you get to the bottom, you put that teaching in. You wax off. I'm not going to make it. If God be for me, who's going to be against me? You, you read, guys, think of your minds. Remember, I don't remember where I read this and who it was from. I know when I study in neuroplasticity, but neurons that are wired together fire together. Brothers and sisters, this helped me as your pastor. This helped me. So I think it'll help you. Our minds are like a jungle. A thick jungle. You have millions of thoughts. You have millions of things going, triggered and going off in your mind all the time. And what's happening is there's been no discipline to them. There's been no discipline. There's been no you just, we just let our minds do whatever they want. We let our, we let our, we let our thoughts go places they shouldn't go. We, we, we ponder on things. How many ever just find yourself where, the, where you, you, you're, you're trying to have a good day and the enemy will put some thought in your mind. And the next thing you know, you've been staring for the last 20 minutes in that thought. Is that what God wants? I mean, we're, we're, we're tied and we're a victim to, our, to, to torture. But guys, here's what you got to do. This, this writer said that you need to think of your mind as a jungle and you have a machete in your head. And you, and you start clearing a path through the jungle. You start clearing a path. Fear, worry, doubt. And unbelief, and you replace it with the teachings of the Word of God and the practices of the Word of God. You clear that path a little bit, and then you go on your day, and then say that same thing comes back. Your mind more naturally goes to that path, and it's still got stuff in it, but you do what Paul said whatsoever things are true. In other words, lies, I'm replacing you with truth. 
Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are good to think about, whatsoever things that are pure, evil, you're, you're, you're chopping it with a machete. You're chopping out lies and the evil and, the, and all that stuff. And you're replacing it with what the Word says. Whatsoever things are true, just, honorable, pure. If there be any virtue, any praise, think upon these things. And when you do that, the peace of God will stand guard over your mind and your heart. And you can walk in peace and all that stuff. We know it, we believe it, but we don't practice it. For heaven's sakes, get your machete out. And I'm telling you, your machete is more than a little dagger. Your machete is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, which is sharp and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's, it's swift, it's strong. And I remember the Lord told me one time, he said, Brian, the sword of the Spirit is not in your hand, it's out of your mouth. I had a vision one time of the sword, because I put the armor on every day, and, and the sword of the Spirit, uh, I didn't see my arm doing this. I saw it coming out my mouth with what I say. And what I say is the Word of God. So brothers and sisters, if you're starting, if you're just starting, practicing that's why it says there's another side that says over time and hard knocks over time and over hard knocks the person that has the addiction if they'll stay on the word and stay practicing and get in community that loves them supports them and does everything in the insert that I've written out for you then that's a recipe for transformation it's a recipe I can't tell if you guys are bored today or not. I'm having trouble reading it today. I'm telling you, this is this this is good stuff. But but what'll happen is every time you you go, that path gets clearer and clearer. And it will get to where your mind on some stuff that I've been practicing this on, at first when I practice. My mind was like a machine gun. And I was wearing myself out trying to to replace and to cut it out and all this stuff. But I kept practicing it. And then it got easier. And it got easier. Brothers and sisters, there's some things that hit me now. It's it's I spent about this much time in that. The devil comes knocking at my door. Oh, it's you. And I just walk on. I just walk on. Because I've got a clear path that I'm working on. Amen. Hey, um, let me see one of those inserts as the musicians come. Wow, you don't have any scriptures on there. I'm going to have to preach this next week, I guess. We're, we're, we're another week behind. Community is so important. Rats. Oh, well. <laughs> Praise God. You know what? Yeah. Oh, it's on the U version? Sweet. You know, we'll just have to. I think next week I'm going to preach on large community. And then the next week, which is Palm Sunday, I'm probably going to put on small group community. And then we'll probably hit Holy. I don't know. God knows. Father, in Jesus' name. Oh, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for teaching. We thank you for preaching of your word. And Lord, I pray that we will become more than hearers of your word. That we will become doers. And Father, I pray that people today that feel like they are slaves to sin. That they are slaves to their past. That they are slaves to addiction. They are are slaves to their own self, maybe. Lord, I pray today that they will know that freedom is in store for them and that a new day is ahead of them. And Lord, I pray that there will be a hunger in the heart. I, I, I feel like some people here today, you, you've kind of just been like, well, I guess I'm just going to live with this. I've tried and it never gets any better. So, hey, it could be worse. No. God wants it to be better. God has a good life for you. God has a better life for you. Hallelujah. All across this room, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today, 
It's speaking to you in some way. I, I just feel this in my spirit. I want you to stand. Just stand up where you're at. If you're being spoken to by the Holy Spirit somehow throughout this sermon today, would you just stand up? If you're being spoken to, don't, don't stand up if you really haven't. But if you've really, if God is speaking specifically to you about something, you're the, you feel like this is for you today. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Anybody else today? I'm going to ask you guys to come forward and just gather around this front. All you that are standing, just come forward. and Just stand around here and begin to tell God what it is. We're probably going to keep the music kind of easy, easy a little bit today. When you get up here, forget the person beside you. Behind you, in front of you, and just put your mind on the Lord today. For you are my deliverer. For you are my help. Oh God, I want to embrace your will. I want to embrace your teachings. Lord, it's with me today, it's the heart, man. My heart seems to want something else. I get so frustrated with myself. I'm sure I'm frustrating you, God. No, you're not, God says. You're not frustrating me at all. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would put desire in hearts today for your will. Man, he'll even give you the desire. You, you, you have emotions and feelings that are anti. But God can change that today. And he can give you the desire and he gives you power right now. Right now, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will rest upon these that have come and said, Help me, Lord Jesus. The Bible says, Blessed are the, pure, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Poor in spirit means God blesses the humble. God blesses the people that say, I can't. But you can. I don't know how, but I know you, are, you know how. God blesses the poor in spirit. If you're poor in spirit, God, God sees the humble. And he gives humble people the keys of the kingdom. In the spirit today, I feel the Lord saying that you have come with a humble heart. And in the spirit today, I want you to reach up and I want you to grab the keys of his power that's going to unlock the door that's shut in front of you. It's going to unlock you that have been in a prison. I see it in a few ways. One way, you're in a, I see some in a prison and, and, and I see you being unlocked and taken out of the prison. But then I also see a door that's been shut and you've told that you aren't going, that it's not going to happen. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's a ministry. Maybe it's planting a business. Maybe it's your marriage. But there is a door that seems shut. But the Lord says, I hear the cry of the humble. The Lord says that I hear the cry of the humble. And I give the keys to the kingdom that unlocks this door. Right now, by faith, I want you to reach out. I want you to reach up and grab those keys of power that unlock forgiveness, that unlock, that, that release you from pain, that release you from shame, that unlock the future that has been shut off from you. Oh, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray for a mighty move of the Spirit. Lord, I've been asking you all week long that there would be a tangible anointing that people would experience you today at the prayer time. Lord, that there would be a transformation. Lord, today, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You got a song, Braden? Thank you, Lord Jesus. As Braden's playing the song, you guys can continue to pray. The sides are open up for communion. Where you can take the bread, the bread of life, and you can drink of the cup. Forgiveness of sin and new beginnings. Thank you, Lord. 
And if you need prayer in any way, you can stand behind these people. There will be prayer people up here. And you can come to them and they will pray for you. They're going to sing a song. As they bring the lights down, let's begin to move out for the communion. And they're going to sing a song and we'll come back and dismiss. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.
more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.